Welcome back to the Dad and Rock Podcast. This is Sean. And it's Chris. <laughs> hey, we're back again. Uh, well, it's been a couple weeks since we last sat down and podcasted. Uh, we took the 4th off. How was your July 4th? Uh, it was nice, you know. We didn't have the, the main firework display that we typically have. Uh, but we went over to my in-law's house, and then we had the, you know, the typical barbecue. Yeah. And went to one of our local parks who normally does put on a firework display, but our, our city decided not to this year for obvious reasons. Right. But I had a hunch that our, you know, the neighborhood around would be firing off fireworks because they typically put a pre-firework show on before the main fireworks. And uh, uh, they didn't disappoint. We had uh, quite a few fireworks going off on a 360-type angle. Anywhere you were looking, there was uh, fireworks going up and going boom. <laughs> well, cool. Was it a, a pretty impressive display? Oh, I mean, I was impressed. I mean, I, I, at one point, I was tempted to go to our neighboring state, Indiana, and buy some fireworks so I can, you know, attempt to blow a finger off. Uh, <laughs> Luckily for my fingers, I ran out of time. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but luckily, one of, one of Zach's friends uh, right up the street here, they had their own fireworks display. I mean, they, they had a ton of them from, you know, bottle rockets to, you know, Roman candles to the ones that shoot up and pop all three or four. So they spent a decent amount of money on it. So it was, all in all, we had uh, we got our fireworks fix. Oh, nice. Uh, we got to swim in the pool a little bit and light off some sparklers. And there's some spinners, I guess, where you lay it up and they kind of spin around and flame out on the ground a little bit. Uh, but it was fun. And then we came back and uh, got to watch a few fireworks behind our garage. Our, our neighbors were lighting them off. All in all, good, good fun. I think I heard them all the way up to like maybe one, two in the morning, too. They just keep going and going. I think the, you know, the more alcohol that's flowing, the more fireworks keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's never ending. It seems like Fourth uh, of July is now like a month long event where you start hearing fireworks sometime in about, uh, you know, the first week of June. As soon as those stores start opening up, people start buying them. Now, is it legal in Kentucky to fire them off like residentially? Um, if it's not, they sure as heck do. Nobody cares. The police aren't exactly pulling up and stopping people. Yeah. I know here in Ohio, it, it's no, it, it is illegal. I mean, right now there is a, you know, something in place to go ahead and make it legal mm-hmm. for you to be able to do it during certain times of the year. But, uh, yeah, if I go to say Indiana, buy them and come back here, I got to sign something saying I'm not going to be shooting them off in the state of Ohio just to eliminate their liability. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It's, uh, it gets a little tiring just on a random, you know, Saturday or Sunday night hearing them go off at 9 p.m. But, uh, I mean, I just sound like an old man. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, after all of that, we've had some uh, some Batman news drop. Did you hear about this Batman information that came out about uh, Michael Keaton coming back? Oh, man, I did. That's crazy. Never in a million years would I thought that Michael Keaton would come back to that role. But uh, how did this come up? What are the details? It came up under the new Flash movie uh, that they're going to be doing. Uh, I guess it's going to be called Flashpoint. Yep. And they wanted to bring him kind of back in a, a Nick Fury type role. So, you know, in the comics, Batman ages. Yeah. So they wanted to bring him into that role. So where he's actually mentoring, say, the Flash and everything going forward, which would be a pretty cool concept if they're able to pull it off. Yeah. So Flashpoint is an actual series of comics in the actual Flash comics. It's a storyline, a graphic novel. I don't know if it's maybe uh, just a few issues. Basically, I believe it's Barry Allen. I can't remember if it's Wally West or Barry Allen. But anyway, he ends up going to another dimension, sort of. And in this dimension, he kind of messes up time to where... Uh, Bruce Wayne's parents, you know, when that whole, they get gunned down, turns out uh, Joe Chill actually shoots the kid. He shoots Bruce instead of the two parents. So Thomas and Martha Wayne, they end up surviving. 
but they go nuts because, you know, they lost their son in criminal activities. And it's this world where Thomas Wayne ends up becoming the Batman and Martha Wayne ends up becoming the Joker because she, she has like a psychotic break. Oh. And uh, it's really crazy. Basically, the whole world goes to pot. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, the Flash is like, you know, once again, the Flash messed something up at the timeline and he has to try to fix it. And uh, Thomas Wayne, at the end of it, he gives a letter. He's like, you know, he can't believe there's a world in which his son actually lives and he's just so happy about it. He actually writes a letter for the Flash to deliver to Bruce Wayne Batman. And that's like the best gift that Bruce Wayne's ever received is from The Flash, an actual letter from his father. Um, so the comic book is awesome. I'm sure they're going to rework it for the movies, but uh, I think there's some possibilities there. Man, but this is DC in the movie world, man. They are bound to mess this up. It sounds amazing. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> but I mean, it, it sounds like they're, they're trying to go ahead and like reboot like the DC you know multiverse. Yeah. And kind of build it all together. And there was another uh, graphic novel that I think you turned me on to, I mean, way back, uh, where it was an older Batman. But it was like an older Batman. I think it was an older, like, Superman and everything as uh, well. Probably The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, maybe. Or Alex Ross. It was the painted one. It was Kingdom Come. Yeah, Kingdom Come. That's exactly what yeah. it was. And I love that concept because you typically don't see in any of these where, like, these superheroes age. You you see them always basically at one time in their life where they're... right. At that, their peak. So the fact that you'll see, say, I mean, Batman, there's there's nothing special about Batman. He's just a pissed off rich guy. That's, that's basically it. <laughs> yeah, I know in that book specifically, like, he designed his new suit to basically help him walk. I mean, he's an old man and his suit basically acts as a way for him to still not only, like, kick butt, but, like, move around, period. I, I love that book. Um, that You know, the DC, it's, they've been doing comics for 70 plus years and there are so many incredible stories and, like, Elseworlds stories that take place in kind of, like, different dimensions. If they can bring some of that storytelling to the movies, which, like, you're right, I mean, they haven't really been very successful at so far i think wonder woman was good but but man if this new flash movie actually brings back michael keaton and he's the michael keaton that was in the tim burton <laughs> batman movies i'll be stoked hopefully they don't cheat and he's like not really the same guy you know how sometimes they do that yeah. stuff but but how um, much of him know. in the movie do you really need to make it worth like whoa michael keaton's back as batman like, would he have to have a, a, a decent sized role in it or, you know, him playing like a Nick Fury character who is, I mean, in it, but not in it really be enough for you? I think that would be enough for me, depending on what they do with it. I mean, if it's used properly, if, if he helps the Flash, like, course correct the actual <laughs> movies going forward um, to where, like, Warner Brothers acknowledges, like, all these different movies that they've made thus far kind of exist in different universes. And we kind of go from there. You know, basically, that frees them up to recast people if they need to. And I don't know. I'm, I'm up for it because it's basically it's swinging for the fences and it's taking a chance. That's the fuzzy thing for me right now. I have a, for me that they're reaching. I feel like it's kind of odd, but I mean, they have no, like you said, they're kind of swinging for the fences because they've got no choice in the matter. Yeah. They've messed up this Justice League thing so badly. <laughs> they they have to find a way to reboot it, but I think they need to find a way to reboot it and keep like Gail Gadot as Wonder Woman. Yeah. Jason Momoa as Aquaman. They just got to find a way to fix it and go forward. I don't know who would have the ability to go ahead and fix it. I've seen I, someone threw out J.J. Abrams' name, but I'm like, people are kind of weary about that. They're like, you know what? They're not a huge fan of what happened during the Star Wars franchise. Right. So they don't know if he's the you know the proper name going forward, or or should they pull someone off the pile that maybe just isn't known to kind of give them that launching point? 
Yeah, it's tough to say. I think they've had more success when they try to not connect their universes with the success of Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker. I mean, that movie made gangbuster money, had a lot of acclaim, wasn't connected at all to any other movies. But yeah, it's for them to, I don't know if they're trying to shoehorn a connected universe again, or if they're just trying to tell a cool Flash story, which I'm totally fine with too. I don't know, jury's out. You know, I'm perpetually giving them the benefit of the doubt here. We've also got Robert Pattinson coming up uh, in his own Batman movie, which I'm hoping is good too. So at least we have some exciting things down the pipeline. I, I mean, I kind of would like to see them do a, you know, a connected universe. You know, Marvel has kind of got me spoiled where each movie is connected. Yeah, yeah. And once they, I mean, really once they do is once they connect you and suck you in, so if you're there for two or three movies, what's going to happen to everybody, just like it happened to me at the end of the Marvel series, I was getting burned out. Right. And then the, the final, you know, you've seen the ending happening. And I mean, once they get you invested, it's just getting you to the point of invested. And right now, I think everyone is is so dead set on comparing it to the Marvel movies that uh, it, it's hard to compare. I mean, it is hard to compare. I mean, the Marvel movies, the Infinity Saga, you know, the whole thing leading up to Thanos, it's like 10 years, like over 20 movies. And each one has, it's like a, a jigsaw piece of a big puzzle that they masterfully put together, even though they all had different directors, but they had Kevin Feige to kind of steer that ship. And that's like, that's never been done before. It may never be done again, as far as that length of time of connecting movies like that. So it's sort of an unfair comparison. But I'll tell you what, if Marvel ever decided to start like saying, okay, well, this is a new Steve Rogers, Captain America, but he's in a different universe, and but it's somewhat tangentially connected. Like if they started to break up the Marvel Cinematic Universe into different dimensions or something, I would not be into it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be able to go with it either. I'd have a hard time, you know. You know, buying into that but uh i mean you you kind of you know said it just briefly here but with robert pattinson becoming batman it was like it's gonna be called the batman <laughs> like the Ohio <Yeah>. state <laughs> <laughs> clever title i mean looking at the batmans here is there any i mean outside of the original batman adam west on tv is there one that really sticks with you one that you look back and say you know what when i think of batman that that's that's batman for me well, I kind of cheat, and I say Kevin Conroy, because he's the guy who voiced the Batman during the Batman the Animated Series. A way to find a loophole. <laughs> <laughs> Which, honestly, is probably my definitive version of Batman. Plus, he did Batman in, like, the Arkham games. He's been voicing Batman since my childhood, so that's not really fair. As far as, like, actors who have portrayed him, like, in live-action movies, I still have a soft spot for Michael Keaton. I don't know what. I mean, back in 1989, I had his poster on my wall with, with him standing in front of the Batmobile. The movie came out when I was eight years old. It hit that sweet spot. Like, See, uh, they're my least favorite Batmans. I think Batman Returns, I will never turn that on again. I think that... Oh, really? I can't stand that Batman. I can't, I can't stand Danny DeVito. Oh, no. Or, you know, or any of that, that whole Penguin thing. I just, I, I just, it's cringeworthy for me. Really? See, I love it. Yeah, I, I can't do it. And, and the original Batman, I, I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's just, I, I don't, I can't put my thumb on it. Yeah. Uh, with the, you know, Michael, now Michael Keaton is Batman, also. But but the Tim Burton aesthetic. Yeah, I did. I just couldn't get into that. Right. Yeah. What well, I kind of have two different when I when I look at my Batman's, I look at two different times. So I look at when we were young. Right. And Batman Forever. I, I'll never forget Batman Forever. That well, that was <laughs> that was cool. And yeah, it was Val Kilmer, and you know the whole deal. But uh, I mean, I I look back and I think back and I think you know the colors and Jim Carrey the goofiness, Jim Carrey. That, I mean, that Batman there will always stick with me. But as like an adult, when I look at like actual like awesome Batmans, Christian Bale's Batman. 
for me, the best setting. Yeah, they people make fun of it. I'm Batman. <laughs> but as a whole, I, I, I kind of go towards those too. The Nolan trilogy uh, with Christian Bale as Batman, it's kind of, uh, I think we talked a little bit about it last episode where it didn't, the Dark Knight Rises really didn't do it for me. But I mean, the first two are so good. Batman Begins and the Dark Knight uh, are just excellent. I mean, Christian Bale is a great actor. So you believe that he put his body, he's he puts his body through hell for every role that he gets in. So for him to just sidestep and be like, oh no, it's actually Bruce Wayne that put himself through hell um, training to become a caped crusader. You know, you buy into it, into that world, and it's filmed in like Chicago and everything looks beautiful. Of course, I mean, you don't even have to mention Heath Ledger's Joker performance. Every Joker performance is going to be measured up to that uh, going forward. Yeah. Um, so you're right. I mean, as far as quality of movie, that trilogy, I don't know. Those those Burton movies, they hit my sweet spot because they came out when I was a kid. And you're right. I think um, Batman Forever came out in summer of 95. You and I were fast friends by that point. I remember going to the movies to see that together, that and Congo. I remember the McDonald's Riddler Cup. <laughs> Yeah, That's no, right. I, I'll, on, on a side tangent real quick, we talked about this briefly, about going to Arby's and getting one of those floats with the cups. Yes. They don't sell the cups. What do you mean? The cup is strictly a advertisement thing for commercials. They don't sell it? The cup is not sold. I was wow. actually going to one of them, door, uh, an Arby's for one of my door dashing. Yes. And I actually was talking to the manager. and said, how much does it cost to get one of those floats and one of those cups that are being advertised? She looked at me first like I was stupid. Wow. Because she didn't realize what I was asking. Yeah. And then she was, oh, I was like, no, they're just advertisement things for TV. That has nothing. We don't sell those. I'm like, well, crap. Lame. That makes me not want to go to Arby's ever again. <laughs> 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 I am not thinking Arby's. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean... Are you if they go ahead and they confirm this and he does come on, would that be enough to get your butt in the theater to see the Flash movie? I mean, absolutely. Look, I'm just I'm a sucker for superhero movies. I mean, it would have to be some like really crappy superhero for me to not go see it. Like, oh, I really don't care about this, you know, D-lister. But I mean, one, I haven't been to the movies in months and I'm like chomping at the pit. Like you started at Jones for the movie. Yes. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about moving in my new house. And one of the first things I'm going to do is like put a projector in or something like I need to watch some movies. <laughs> but um, for, so there's that. I mean, besides that, it's just like, yeah, I mean, I like superhero movies. I keep wanting to give them a chance. I, I love the character, The Flash. It's a little up in the air as far as the development of this particular movie. I don't know if Ezra Miller is going to be still attached to the role he's had his own kind of like personal issues uh, there was a video that kind of went viral where he um, well anyway i don't want to get too into it you can look it up you can google it <laughs> but uh, there's some behind the scenes stuff so i don't know if he'll be connected to the flash going forward but um whatever they do i mean my butt will be in the seat because uh it's interesting to me they can't bank on you they're they're banking on me <laughs> they want right. to get my butt in the seat because i have the little the only real connection i have to you know dc is batman yeah. So if, if they can connect Batman to Flash, well, I really know nothing about the Flash. I'll be I'll be honest with you. But I mean, if it's this movie is based on that novel, like you were telling me about, and the idea of him going back and fixing things because he just unscrewed things up, it's intriguing to me. Yeah. I think what's even more intriguing to me though is like you were saying earlier, the aged Batman. Yes. And that that right there, I think, is enough for me to be able to go ahead and you know give it that shot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to be, like you said, it's still in production. I mean, there's probably a lot still going on with it. I mean, it's worth keeping our you know, ear to the ground to see about this one here. I mean, and we have the Batman coming out. So I don't know how, how I'm curious how they're going to connect those. So if they bring Keaton back for the Flash, then they have Robert Pattinson play the Batman. 
are they just different timelines or it would have to be? Well, yeah, I would think that they would be. They used to be really afraid, DC and Warner Brothers, to have two representations of the same character going on at the same time. That's why you never saw Bruce Wayne on Smallville um, because they were releasing Batman movies out at the time. So it just they, they felt the audience would be confused, <laughs> which, you know, I guess some of them. But honestly, we're working with a more savvy audience these days, uh, an audience that's been going to see 20 plus Marvel movies over the last 10 years. And we're able to follow that storyline like they I think people get that. You know, sometimes different actors betray these same roles and there's different medium and different interpretations of them. It's one of the best things about Batman as a whole. Like you mentioned, I mean, there's Adam West Batman from the 60s. There's Tim Burton's movies with Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney was Batman once and that awful Batman and Robin. Let's forget George Clooney, uh, Batman. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, I mean, I've even heard rumors that Ben Affleck isn't really done playing the Batman yet. I mean, he's coming in and apparently he's doing some additional footage for Zack Snyder's, you know, rework of the Justice League. So I think that we're kind of past the time of audiences not knowing who Batman is or being confused. (laughs) Yeah, if if I heard anything or about the the Batman coming out in 21 was that this is supposed to be a, a much younger Batman than we're used to. So, I mean, I, I can see the two of those running pretty close together, you know, releasing them say in the same summer, but you know, here's, here's the hoping. I mean, they, like I said, they, they've got you, they know they've got you. They got to convince me yeah. to come in. Cause I didn't see, you know, Batman versus Superman in the theater. I didn't see justice league Aquaman. I mean, I can run them off uh, either wonder woman movie. So, I mean, DC is kind of not my thing outside of, you know, Rich Dude, which I'm not sure what that says about me. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, moving on here, uh, there's another thing. We've had quite a bit kind of come out here in, uh, you know, this past week, two weeks. Which is surprising. You wouldn't think there'd be that much movement to have all this new showbiz news. But uh, I guess people are still working. Yeah, they're working. A lot of it's being done remotely. They're sitting back. They're doing a lot of producing. This one here is actually uh, pretty much, it was already done at shooting before this whole COVID thing happened. And uh, they were just doing a lot of, uh, you know, post-production stuff they were able to do actually from home. But the series I'm talking about here is The Boys, season two. Yes. Um, dude, you I mean, you told me about the series before I watched it. I wasn't on the train when it first left the station. Mm-hmm. So I was running behind it trying to catch up. <laughs> and uh, once I caught up, I couldn't I couldn't stop watching. So uh, You were on the A train? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm running through people right now to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this one here, they're, they're going to go ahead and they're going to change their original model. Originally, they dropped all their you know, the shows at one time. They're going to like the, uh, the Mandalorian type setup. They're going to be a weekly release. Which it's different for Amazon Prime. How do you feel about that? I like it. Honestly, I prefer it. And the reason I prefer it, I'm not a binge watcher. I don't have time to binge watch. Mm-hmm. I can't start watching anything until about 10 o'clock at night anyway. It gives me time to watch it. And then I always say this with the Star Wars universe. I, I let it bake. Yeah. And then I'll be able to go back. And maybe if I want to watch it again, rewatch it, maybe catch some things I missed before the next episode comes out. So I prefer a weekly release over a, you know, all at once because there's no chance of me being spoiled either. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you too. I mean, maybe just you and I, we grew up in the age of non-streaming, right? We had to wait. <laughs> Television was still by appointment only. So, you know, your favorite show came on Thursday at 8 p.m. You wanted to watch it. You had to be sitting in front of the TV Thursday yeah. at 8 p.m. There was no on-demand yet. So I do like it. You know, there's something to be said about binge-watching, that kind of the Netflix model, what they introduced. But to be honest, I almost wonder if, like, Stranger Things would have been even a bigger phenomenon if they had dripped out episodes once a week as a 
opposed to just here's all 10 episodes and people, you know, talk about it for like a week as they binge watch it. And then it's kind of a flash in the pan and it's done. I feel like shows have a little bit more success if you do have it like, I don't know, like a Game of Thrones, like a, you know, a, a show of the week kind of thing where especially if you've got like a heavy plot where the um, the story can go any number of directions, you know, character development. I mean, things that are kind of like with a lot of meat on the bones where you could have a, a dedicated podcast towards it each week and listen to yeah, that. I was going to say, yeah, you went ahead and you brought up you know, Game of Thrones. And the first thing I think came to mind for me was a podcast called After the Thrones. Right. So, I mean, there was that immediate everyone talking about it, everyone discussing what's happening. I, how did I interpret what happened? Yes. You know, what do we think is going to happen going forward? When you release that all in one shot, you don't have an opportunity to do that. So I can sit down and watch the whole season. You can watch the whole season. Then we discuss the whole season in one one show, for instance. Right. And then it's in the back of us, and we don't we don't think about it again. Yeah, and you're through it quickly, and you don't get that fun of speculation. Like, oh, I can't wait for the next episode to see what happens. Yeah, the anticipation. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of that. And definitely with a show like this, when it's going to be so just off the wall crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, did, did you get a chance to watch any of the trailers or, like, the sneak peeks? Uh, I did, yeah, a little bit. Uh, the Black Noir one was pretty messed up. Dude, where he's standing in there and like that other like that other super that they they made for like a super villain. Yeah. He like blows up the building and Black Noir just kinda standing there like just basically looking at him like, nah, yeah, that's not happening. He's got like a flesh wound on his chest and like on his chin, but uh, he's still standing tall. <laughs> and he just takes the dude's head off and walks out, walks past like I don't know if it was a kid or someone in the other room just kind of holding his head. Yeah. And walks out the room. It's like, man, this is going to be messed up. Yeah. And Black Noir in particular, I keep hearing whispers about that he's more involved with this story. And he's a, more of an interesting character than we've been led on to believe so far. So far in the show in season one, he's just kind of been like this silent ninja dude who's really good and kind of quiet and maybe a little goofy and you're like, oh, okay. You don't really pay too much attention to him. Um, but apparently he's got a lot more going on, and uh, maybe we'll dive into it in Season 2. Yeah, he's more of like a, a silent assassin type setup. And, that, and that's kind of the feeling that uh, they gave us in the first one. But that first season, I mean, they had the original seven. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, translucent, you know, you had dynamite up his butt and went boom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, they lost him. Then they had to go ahead and introduce uh, Stardust, you know, get her character in there. Then all the boys. So there was so much going on. And then, you know, the history behind Homelander. Yeah. So they had so much packed into those episodes. They could I mean, they really had no room to go ahead and give us any more. Or we would just, it would have had to have been longer than our episodes. We would have had to been looking at an hour and a half, hour and 45 minute episodes. And I don't know if my brain could have handled that much of an episode. This, some of those episodes were heavy. Yeah, some of them were. I mean, the, the show grabs you from the first episode, definitely. And it just keeps oh, going. Oh, the first like two minutes. Yeah. And it uh, it doesn't let up. I mean, you, you keep wanting to watch every episode has kind of a jaw dropping moment or two until you get through the finale. And it's just like, whoa, that was uh, that was some impressive storytelling. <laughs> so so did you notice Moff Gideon himself showing up in this show? Moff Gideon. I saw uh, Gustavo Fring from Breaking Bad. Oh, touche, touche. <laughs> Apparently, this dude here, uh, I guess he goes by the name of Mr. Egger. 
He's the new CEO. He's the one in charge of the seven. And man, he comes off as a bad dude. He's going over the government contract with them. He's pretty much saying this is what they're going to do. And you're not, you're just going to take it. You have no choice no matter. <laughs> yeah, Giancarlo Esposito, he's having a moment, man. I mean, he was uh, introduced in Breaking Bad, maybe like season two or three, and he was a, a, a crowd favorite um, in that role. But, uh, I mean, like you mentioned, he was in The Mandalorian last year. He's going to be continuing that storyline with the Darksaber. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to see more of him in that come November. He's in The Boys. He's also apparently the main villain in Far Cry 6 coming out, the video game. Uh, that news was just released this week, so... Boy, the man stays busy. Oh, yeah. Once he, he's capitalizing on his name getting out there. Mm-hmm. Once it's out there and you get that reputation, just go with it. Yeah. Until there's milk it until it's dry. That's right. Get paid. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that whole thing, just him sitting there, just the scene, you know, with them realizing, okay, these guys are in charge. Yeah. So you really think that, you know, that original CEO, Homelander, was pretty much completely effectuated with, uh, you thought she was cutthroat. Yeah, no. Esposito here is Mr. Egger is going to be pretty bad. So there was already a clip that they went ahead and released. And apparently there's going to be another member of the seven yeah. that comes in, you know, replacing translucent, I, I believe. Yeah. So he, she comes in and I mean, her name's Stormfront and apparently they're shooting a military promo, basically a bunch of propaganda, how they're going to be buddy, buddy, everything's going to work out great, you know, smiling at the camera. And she, you know, basically bum rushes Homelander and Queen Maeve. And they have no idea who she is. They think she's just another, you know, a fangirl. Yeah. Until basically she says, nope, I'm one of the seven. (laughs) I'm working with you guys. Yeah. And you can see Homelander, like, just gritting his teeth. Like, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, she's got, like, a whole fan base that's, like, messaging her live on Instagram. And I don't know. From what I've heard, the little bits that I have heard, uh, that character in the comics, they've actually gender swapped it. It was a man um, in the books. But apparently uh, Stormfront is a a match as far as the... um, I don't know if powers or tenacity or just uh, all around crappiness of Homelander. (laughs) Apparently he gives Homelander a run for his money in the comics. So this character should be pretty interesting. And that's, that's something I found interesting about the lead up into season two. Now, when we left season two, it seemed like Homelander was just like running shop. I mean, he drops that knowledge to Butch that his ex-wife is actually alive and kind of being held captive and uh, birthed a son that's Homelander's son. Like, I mean, way to stick it to Butcher, right? Yeah. And then like, you know, just the fact that he got rid of Elizabeth Shue's character and he's just ruthless. He'll, he has the power to do whatever he wants and he does do just whatever the heck he wants. And then you come into this season and you start to hear about these characters that may be able to be his match. You see Giancarlo Esposito's character, who he seems pretty confident that Homelander is not going to get the best of him. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm wondering what sort of defenses he has in play. Uh, to keep a Homelander at bay. So I don't know. I mean, that and the whole, you know, revenge of Butch. Butch gets away somehow. I mean, he has Butch in his front yard, and yet he slips away somehow. And he's he ends up looking for Butch, and they're all on the run again. So I'm interested to see how that unfolds. Yeah, how they all wind up on the most wanted. So everyone's basically hunting them down now. So yeah, I mean, how did they, how did he get away? You know, how is, uh, is it Dewey going to handle, you know, Stardust? What's Stardust going to think of, you know, of him? Yeah. Uh, and is Stardust able to uh, keep her relationship with the boys covert while she's still in the seven? Yeah, because she had that big showdown with uh, A-Train. Yeah. And that was like a parking lot or something like that, you know, at the end of the season. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure A-Train's going to be going running to Homelander and letting them know what's going on. So, I mean, nothing's going to stay away from the big boss. I think it was an unexpected hit for them. I think, you know, every time you do a show, you're you're hoping it, it's successful. I honestly think it was Amazon Prime's probably biggest show. I think it maybe 
did have the highest ratings of any show that they put on there. And uh, man, I can't wait for season two. Yeah, because it's actually the anti-Marvel, anti-DC yeah. type movies. I mean, I went, fi- <laughs> I went fishing again. No luck. But uh, <laughs> uh, Brandon actually caught a few things, but we were driving back. And we were just kind of talking. And I said, dude, you, have you, we were kind of figuring out like what shows, because he doesn't have cable. Yeah. So it was like, what shows to watch? I said, dude, have you checked out The Boys? He was like, the what? I was like, dude, just just do it. Yeah. Find the first episode of The Boys, sit down, watch it. You won't stop. Make sure the kids are not in the room. Yeah. I said, it's absolutely not, you know, family friendly whatsoever. Right. But you will enjoy this show. Because we start talking about that. We start talking about like The Witcher. Yeah. Uh, which I just uh, restarted the season you know, last night. Watch episode two today. So uh, I'm enjoying that again. But uh, I'm going down another rabbit hole again. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this Stormfront character, I, I kind of want to see more from her. I like the idea of it being a female because I'm kind of, if I'm connecting like other universes, I'm thinking like a Storm type character. You're right. And if she can kind of go toe to toe with him, I actually want to see an equal to him. Yeah, I want to see Homelander be put in his place a little bit, you know, because an all powerful, you know, it's the Superman complex. You have this own issue with Superman. The guy's yeah. just super, too powerful. At, at first, that's like, oh my goodness. But eventually, that's just like not interesting. There's no drama there. Um, but if he, if he has some some trouble with some fellow supers that are able to put him on his heels, uh, then that's interesting to storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, that was another thing going back to that when uh, Edgar uh, Esposito's character is sitting down. He was talking about how they want to go ahead and suppress the knowledge of that drug being given to babies that makes them supers. Did you catch that? Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, there's quite a bit going on there. I mean, there, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's too much really to get into, but uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm so looking forward to that one there. I've always found, too, that like a TV show that has a great first season, depending on what they do with that second season... The second season of a show is always going to make it or break it. It's either going to be one of those shows that, you know, kind of trails off and maybe they go to three or four seasons, but it doesn't have that same fanfare as the first season. Or if they have a knockout second season, then it becomes one of those shows where people are as excited for season five and six as they were for, you know, the first few seasons. So, uh, you know, hopefully it gets past its sophomore slumps here and we, we have a good season of TV. For me, like an example of a show, I loved Westworld. Yeah. But it didn't pull me back to a season two. Yes. I didn't I didn't watch season two. I haven't watched season three. It just there was nothing drawing me back into it. it for the, the same thing happened to me. I loved season one. I thought it was intriguing. I thought the I mean Anthony Hopkins, just the cast was like so good. Dolores. Then season two was just like, eh, okay, like kind of home hum. I haven't even watched season three. It's been out. It was on HBO, and you know I've been in a, in a lull of uh, a lack of new content coming out because of this virus, and I still haven't watched it. So <laughs> yeah. I mean that goes to tell you, like you know, season two is very important for the longevity of a television show. Well, I'm holding out hope. I mean, after all the you know the trailers we've seen and all the news, and you know just just the anticipation of it coming out, I am right there chomping at the bit, waiting for you know September fourth when they're going to go ahead and release the first three episodes, and then they're going to release them weekly on Fridays until October 9th until the full season's released. So uh, that is something that I am highly looking forward to. Yeah, me too. Uh, another bit of news here that uh, learned over the last week. Uh, I guess Comedy Central is bringing back Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> 
<laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we talked a little bit about them uh, on our video game movies uh, episode a few weeks back. I don't know why they came up. I guess we were talking about Mortal Kombat and just how all our parents thought we were all going to hell because we played Mortal Kombat and watched Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you think that they should maybe keep the same format? Do you think like they need to upgrade the animation? I'm sure maybe it'll be widescreen, but uh, I don't know if it'll look any better. The animation was always kind of ugly. That was kind of its charm. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a bit of it. How do you feel about it coming back? Uh, well, I mean, if they're going to stick with the same format, they have to go with more current like videos yeah. of them kind of roasting to being stupid with. They can't stick with the, the stuff that you know they were doing originally. Uh, what do you think about getting away from the video idea as a whole and just kind of going to like the, the stick type comedy like show that they were usually doing in between? Would that be enough? I think it could be. I mean, I think it's worth a shot. The The property itself was fun enough. I think the format of the TV show itself, it was on MTV and it was kind of these comedy skits um, in between them commenting on actual music videos of like Slayer and Warrant and, you know, Run DMC <laughs> or whoever. Guar. <laughs> yeah, Guar. <laughs> cool. But yeah, I mean, music videos just aren't a thing like they were back in the early 90s. Uh, so I don't know. I think maybe they should get, from my opinion, they should probably get away from it entirely and just do maybe a half hour, like maybe two 15-minute episodes kind of broken up. Yeah. Kind of the, uh, just the adventures of Beavis and Butthead, you know, out in the town with, you know, their neighbor who sounds like Hank Hill and, <laughs> you know. Um, Beavis and Butthead do America actually made a lot of money. It was, it was done really well. So I think there's, I think there's a possibility where they could have a couple of good seasons out of it. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely that they kind of helped make judge to it. So seeing that he's attached to it, I mean, he's the brains of Beavis and Butthead. So, I mean, if, right. if there's brains in Beavis and Butthead, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm curious when they went ahead and brought it back uh, a little while ago, I'll say good, what, almost 10 years ago now, mm -hmm. they tried relaunching it. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I don't know what it was. It just, I did, I couldn't find myself to watch it. So if they, they try to change the format a little bit, I mean, they would almost have to bring characters into it. I mean, they could, it couldn't just be Beavis and Butthead <laughs> for 15 minutes, just sitting on their couch, eating, you know, you know, slushies and things like that and walking to the quickie mart and burning, you know, ants with magnifying glasses. Would it be any funnier if they just um, didn't go back to pretending that it's still, you know, 1995 or whatever and actually making them men in their 40s and seeing what Beavis and Butthead are up to today? Oh, hell no. <laughs> no, no. That's no, they got to be teenagers in high yeah, school. Yeah, we got to keep them young and dumb. Uh, we, can't, <laughs> we can't be old and dumb. That's going to hit way too close to the vest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I mean, they've already had success of bringing other characters into it. Uh, for instance, Daria. Right. I mean, I wasn't originally you know, aware of that, but she was a, a you know a character on the original Beavis and Butthead that <laughs> <Diarrhea>. sparked off <laughs> that sparked off her own like like thirty minute MTV you know TV show. So if they can do thirty minutes with her, I think they should be able to pull thirty minutes off in this culture with Beavis and Butthead without it being like it's the end of the world, Antichrist is here, Mike Judge is bringing them. I think uh, just half hour animated sitcoms have come a long way. For it's kind of a standard. Like every streaming service has their own uh, like half hour comedy. I mean, you've got stuff uh, like Rick and Morty, you've got Bob's Burgers, you've got stuff that's out there that's like highly popular. Um, I think Mike Judge could, you know, grab some of that action these days and get fans of the old original Beavis and Butthead to watch it, but also maybe get some new fans that weren't around, you know, in the 90s when Beavis and Butthead were doing their thing. So Mike Judge, is he's just a funny guy. He's a, a great creator. 
I absolutely adore King of the Hill. I watched every season of that. Um, <laughs> Idiocracy was a really good movie. He did uh, Office Space, too, I believe. So, I mean, Mike Judge knows how to tap into uh, kind of the comedic cultural zeitgeist and, and do what needs to be done to uh, put it on a good show. So I have high hopes for it. I think for Beavis and Bayek coming back, though, it's unfortunate for them. But I think it's a rough time in our culture right now for them to, to, you know, to be re-entering the world. I mean, they, they were treading pretty you know, thinly on a few topics back then. And if they kind of try to play that same humor now, it's not going to last. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say because they were never meant to be like the heroes of those episodes, right? I mean, they were playing frog baseball like they were... You know, they were meant to be the guys that were like the idiots that you were trying to like, you know, you're just kind of shaking your head at and you're like, man, you just you guys don't know what you're doing, where you are. And, you know, that stuff was funny to kind of get the reactions of everybody around them in their community, their gym teacher, their principal, <laughs> you know, like kind of like reacting to Beavis and Butthead. The thing that back about to about it now, I mean, you put your shirt over your, your head walking through the supermarket saying, I need teepee for my bunghole. I mean, <laughs> we did a while back. <laughs> the great Cornholio was a prophet. <laughs> you knew it was coming. He was looking to stockpile. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I don't even know. I didn't even get any information on when this would actually be out. I mean, we know Comedy Central. They've already ordered two seasons of the show. So we're at least going to get two seasons of the new Beavis and Butthead. And, I mean, it's going to be, you know, a, a big part of the adult animation on Comedy Central. So, I mean, it's, it's going to have the eyes. They're probably going to bookend it with something. Something on both ends of it, which people already love. Yeah. Smack it in the middle and just kind of do what, you know, CBS, Fox, ABC does. And hope, you know, viewership kind of bleeds over. Uh, hopefully it actually gets made and it gets put on TV. A lot of times, and this is with animation or live action, stuff doesn't really pan out and come to fruition. I can tell you that back like three years ago, I heard that Hulu was bringing Animaniacs back and like the whole cast was back and just nothing came of it. That was years oh. ago and I haven't seen a new episode. <laughs> so oh. I don't know what stalled out there, but uh, sometimes these things just don't happen for whatever reason. So... Uh, hopefully it does, and if it does, I'll, I'll definitely be watching it. I would have rather not known about the Animaniacs. It just hurt my my soul. <laughs> oh, no, I broke your heart. Oh. <laughs> but you know a good way to you know pick our hearts up off the floor? We just go ahead and jump in that Batmobile and cruise right into that cheesy. What do you think? Is it is that, is that, that time yet? Holy dad jokes, Batman. <laughs> wow, we're starting off with a bad one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I got one here. So I was sitting in the car. And no one wanted to listen to White Snake with me. So here I go again on my own. Oh, boy. I mean, you know, I didn't laugh, <laughs> but I understand it. There we go. Uh, don't have to explain it. That's half the joke if you can get away with not explaining it. I would have preferred to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got one for you. Go for it. Another property from the 80s that you might recognize here. What's Indiana Jones's favorite type of beer? Don't know. Rolling Rock. <laughs> okay. Did I get you? <laughs> yes, you got me. <laughs> you, yeah, you got me. That's that was that was pretty good. I was trying to think. I was I was trying to think. You know, clever, and I was overthinking how clever I should be thinking. Clever? No way. <laughs> well, that 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 that's what you get. That's the quality you get. <laughs> we crashed right into that cheesy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, the Batmobile is no longer a Batmobile. It's now a motorcycle. We got rid of the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So well, by now you guys know where to find us. I mean, all the social media outlets, our website. 
uh, Twitter, I'm very active on Twitter. Dude, we've topped over 600 followers. I know for a lot of places that's not much, but man, it's uh, I'm psyched about it. Our Facebook, I mean, I think our Facebook, we've kind of been backing down a little bit off. We don't do, don't do a whole lot on there anymore, but we're still there. And uh, I mean, honestly, leave us a five-star rating wherever you listen to us. And you know what? Instead of leaving a comment this week, tell us who your best Batman is. Yeah. Who's your favorite Batman in the, in there? Put it in there. You know what? You, you put one in there, we'll give you a shout out. And, and sign it either if you have a podcast, sign it with your podcast so we know what it is. Or just uh, give us an idea who it is outside of, you know, an iTunes tag. There you go. Go to dadnarock.com. Find links to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, and find us on social media. Message us, leave comments, and uh, let us know. Maybe you'll get a shout out on the next episode. And with all that, I think this is a good place for the Dad in the Rock podcast to be signing off for the evening. How's it going, folks? Swear to me!